interested in wine but don't have heaps of cash or a rich uncle with a bunker full of the most flavorful vintages who can hook you up, you've come to the right podcast. On Vino Vultures, we'll explore wine culture, discuss frugal ways to experience the best wines your tight budget can handle, and concoct plans to raid Area 51's collection of rare alien brews. Today's episode is titled Gustatory Wine Analysis, and it's intended for anyone who has an interest in learning more about wine. Let's jump in. This is Gustatory Wine Analysis. Gustation isn't a word that you hear very often. That being said, each and every one of us has used it since the day of our birth. We just use different words to describe it. Gustation is the proper term for what we call our sense of taste. And it's something that we would all gravely miss if we were forced to go without it. Thankfully, it's a relatively basic system to understand. When something comes into contact with our mouth, the contents undergo a chemical reaction with our receptors. These receptors stimulate our nerves, telling them all about the temperature, texture, and other necessary notes, which determine ultimately what we interpret as flavor. When we're using this system to analyze the flavor of wine, we want to make sure as always, that we're using a systematic approach. First, take a small sip. Move it around within your mouth and make sure to coat every section that you can. This is very important because different parts of it are better at picking up different pieces. Second, I want you to spit the wine out. This will ensure that we're not slowly dulling our senses as we taste more wines. Rinse and repeat a handful of times and try to focus on individual characteristics as we've done in the past with our visual and olfactory analysis. Ask yourself, what am I getting on the first taste? What are you getting on the second? Have the flavors changed? How long does it linger on your tongue or in your cheeks? Take notes. It's also very important to take your time. Allow the wine to move around in your mouth and feel the weight of it. Analyze the way your mouth reacts to the contents. Exhale with your nose while the wine still sits on your palate. Having fun? I hope so, because we're just getting started. Let's talk about the first stage of stationary wine analysis, the attack. The attack is the very first flavor that you get smacked in the face with when you take a sip. It might only be for a moment but there should be one key flavor that immediately speaks to you, one that sticks out. After a few moments, the second stage will hit. This is called the mid-palate. This is when the initial blast of flavor finds a bit of a calm in the storm, and you start to get a mingling of a few different spirits. Different flavors can emerge 
as you swirl it around in your mouth. Finally, after you spit the wine, you'll be met with the final stage. This is called the finish. One overarching flavor might linger on your tongue, or maybe it's a powerful spice or even a sour numbing effect. Take note of how long it lasts and what flavor is most pronounced as the finish of a wine is one of the most accurate measurements of wine complexity. Within these three stages, you'll want to note the different flavors that were prominent in each one of them, how many competed for dominance, and how long the finish lasted. Higher quality wines are known for long finishes, minutes long, and ever-changing, highly pronounced flavors. Now that we've gone over the three stages, I want to talk about the different flavor characteristics that you should be using your palate to analyze. The first is the body. Think back to our lesson on visually analyzing wine. When we were talking about the body, we compared the wine to milk and used that comparison to help us gauge the body. It's no different when you're tasting it. Heavy-bodied wines will be thick and require more force to move around in your mouth with your tongue, while light-bodied wines will flow seamlessly with no effort. It will literally feel light. Look at your tasting sheet and see what you mark down under your visual items when you analyze the body of the wine. Does it match how it feels on your tongue? Rate it from light to heavy. Next is sweetness. What you're looking for here is residual sugar. Remember that more time in the sun equals riper grapes, and riper grapes means higher sugar. Rate the sweetness on a scale of dry to very sweet. Dry would be one that you feel has little to no residual sugar, and very sweet would be something along the lines of pouring honey straight from, you know, straight onto your tongue from that little honey bear container that we've all got in our cupboard. After you've gauged the sweetness, seek to determine the level of acidity. Rate it from low to high. And this is basically the opposite of what we were looking for on the sweetness scale. Instead, ask yourself how sour it is or whether it makes your mouth water once you've swallowed. Colder climates typically mean less ripe grapes, which translate to higher acids, so expect places that experience long winters to produce high acid content wines. Fitting into that same wheelhouse is the next characteristic the level of tannins. And this is confusing for some. If you remember from our earlier podcast, the key difference between red wines and white wines are the level of tannins. They're found in the skins, stems, and seeds of grapes that are allowed to stay in contact with the wine during the fermentation process of red wines. You'll know whether to describe a wine as tannic 
by mouthfeel. Even though you've just taken a sip of wine and you should expect your palate to feel quite quenched, instead you're hit with a different sensation. One where it just feels like you need to chug a whole bottle of water. This is what some will confuse with dryness, but that would not be the correct description. In wine, a dry wine is one that lacks sweetness, not to be confused with tannins. Lastly, you'll want to determine the level of alcohol. Earlier, when we were smelling the wine, you'll have obtained a theory as to the alcohol content within it. Now is when you'll test that theory further to see whether your mouth agrees. Take a sip, close your mouth, and breathe out through your nose. This will further expose the ethanol vapors in your mouth to your nasal pathway. Pair that feeling with the burning sensation on your tongue, and you should be able to get a pretty good sense as to the, alco uh, the alcohol content in the wine that you're tasting. And that's it. You now have a greater understanding of Gustori wine analysis, and if you've listened to the last few episodes, you've now completed the third and final part of the wine analysis series. Now it's all about putting it together, staying consistent, and tasting as often as you can to build yourself into a more knowledgeable wine expert. No homer will be given this episode other than to challenge you to make a list of all the things that you've learned and try to apply it to your next tasting. And remember, this is supposed to be fun. If you don't enjoy tasting wine, but you enjoy drinking wine, don't feel pressured to suddenly become someone that enjoys tasting wines. Just go enjoy the wine. Go drink some. You never know, maybe in a couple of years you'll change your mind, become more interested in tasting, and come back to it. Wine drinking is supposed to be an experience, and so is wine tasting. Don't rob yourself of that. As always, thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, I'd really appreciate it if you subscribed to the show, completed a review, or shared the show with those that you care about or who you think would actually enjoy it. Thanks again, and I hope that you have an awesome day, and we'll see you next time.